I pray that you came to church expecting today, expecting God to do something great inside of you. And if that's not the way you entered in today, be praying, because I think God wants to speak to you. If you would, be seated. It's been a big couple of weeks for the Smith family. Our oldest son, Dallas Smith, got married. We're super excited about it. Dallas and Hannah, we got a, got a picture here. Check that out, look at that Mac Daddy. And the, the two fans over here cheering him on. Jensen's screaming about like he was at that Oklahoma State game yesterday. He's fired up, ready to go. Dallas and Hannah, we're so proud of you. Your relationship with one another, your relationship with Christ, your relationship with this local church called North Church. Awesome, looking forward to the future and uh, proud to be your dad as well. We had a Monday night wedding, okay? Why does anyone have a wedding on Monday night? Because the venue's cheaper, let's just be real. <laughs> we had lots of family in town, late night, getting things cleaned up. Lindsay and I had complete intention on Tuesday morning, we're gonna go back to work and our, our little kids would go to school. 6 a.m. came really quick that Tuesday morning and as I went, go upstairs to wake the kids up, Russell pops right up, no big deal to him. It's kind of normal. Lila's a little slower to get up. Took me a lot to get her downstairs. She finally got dressed. Came downstairs, ready to go to school, and I wanted to check on her before we left, so I said, Lila, are you doing okay? And she said, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. I don't like you. Of course, as a dad, I'm like, what in the world is going on at this moment? So I gave the, the good coach up, okay? said, Baby, sometimes in life we have to do things that we don't feel like doing. Let's go to school today. Daddy loves you. She says nothing, gets out of the truck and walks into school. Later that afternoon, I follow back around and I check on her. I say, hey baby, are you doing okay now? And she said, no daddy, I'm still mad at you. <laughs> like me, I didn't. I didn't, first, I didn't know she was mad at me. Secondly, I don't even know what I did. I said, why would you be mad at me? She said, you know. That sounds like a woman, doesn't it? <laughs> this girl's not even 12 years old yet. She's giving me the business. I said, no, I really don't know. Why don't you enlighten me? And then she said, you didn't let me stay the night with Addie. Addie is cousin slash best friend that lives in Burleson, Texas that was up for the wedding. Here's the problem, guys. I had no idea that she wanted to stay the night with her. No one consulted me, no one talked to me, she didn't ride home with me, it was never discussed. Isn't that crazy? Blaming me. Now. We laugh about that when we're talking about a kid getting upset, but don't we all do that? 
Don't we do that to God? Don't we do that to other people? I actually asked Lila for permission to share that story with you guys. And she said, Daddy, they're gonna think I'm mean. And I said, no, Lila, the truth is we all do that. It'll be a great example for us to be able to all grow and become more like Jesus. You see, we all tell ourselves stories. We make things more dramatic than they really are. And we refuse to give God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the benefit of the doubt that the whole time he knows what's best for us. That we can trust him. I gotta be honest with you, sometimes when I'm reading the Psalms, in particular, the passages that we've been focusing on for Psalms of the Night, sometimes I feel like David acts a little bit like Lila was acting on that Tuesday morning. He's complaining, he's griping, he's even asking God to kill his enemies. And I'm praying that my little girl was not praying that prayer on that Tuesday morning. I think context is really important. I also think that knowing the experience that the writer is experiencing is very important. Today we're gonna look at Psalm 56. And the storyline that follows along with Psalm 56 is actually 1 Samuel 21, believed to be when David wrote Psalm 56. David is running from King Saul because King Saul is trying to kill him. He goes to the town of Nob and he sees the high priest Ahimelech. Ahimelech is taken back when he sees David. He asks him the question, why are you alone? Somebody's trying to kill you, man. What are you doing by yourself? David didn't have a weapon. He didn't have food. He had no men to protect him. Ahimelech gives him Goliath's sword and he gives him holy bread for food. We don't have time to dive into to, to that, but that's a pretty cool piece of the story. David then goes to a place called Gath and the Philistine officers capture him there because they do not want him there and they're going to take, them to, take him to the king of Gath. David again fears for his life to the point that he starts acting insane, drooling from the mouth, down his beard, scratching walls and acting like a crazy person to the point that the king actually releases him. He's fearing for his life, he's alone, he's desperate and afraid and he is clearly not in his right mind. This is where David is as he writes Psalm 56. Kind of changes perspective, doesn't it? Let's look at verse one and two. Oh God, have mercy on me. For people are hounding me, my foes attack me all day long. I am constantly hounded by those who slander me and many are boldly attacking me. Now, you may not be running for your life, and you may not have kings that are trying to hold you captive, but you are certainly under attack. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Ephesians 6. He said, put on all of God's armor 
so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We are in a war. David shifts his mindset. In verses three and four, he declares, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? What can mere mortals do to me? In verses five through seven and even a little of uh, verse eight, there's this back and forth of complaint and fear and confidence and trust in God. Complaint and fear and confidence and trust in God. It's almost like David is trying to convince himself to trust the Lord. So how do we choose trust? That's the question I have for you today. David said, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. He made that statement multiple times within chapter 56. And I think the following verses really teach us how to choose to trust God. Verse nine, my enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know God is on my side. It's amazing to me that in pain, in hardship, we tend to wallow in it and just allow circumstances of life just to keep us where we are. And the whole time we have access to God and he's saying, just call out to me. Call to him for help. It's like having sickness and being unwilling to take medicine. We just sang the song. He is our medicine. Verse 10. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. Some translations say, I praise the Lord for his word. I know we talk about the Bible a lot, but the Bible is our guide for life. We need to be praising the Lord for the written word of God that he gave us tangible his words so that we could live by them. Here's an issue. It's hard to praise God for something when you're not putting his promises and his word deep inside of you and putting them in your heart and your mind on a daily basis. We need the word of God in our lives. Gotta praise him for his promises. Verse 12. I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. Fulfill my vows. That's kind of different. Did you know that you, if you're following Jesus, that you've made vow to him? You are in a covenant relationship. Your vow is to be a disciple, and disciples Follow the commandments of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's your vow. There's also another kind of vow. 
thinking back to some of the darkest moments in my life, submitting my life to God, crying out to him, saying, Lord, it doesn't matter what happens around me. It doesn't matter what brings this world, what attacks from the enemy come. I am submitting my life to you. I will serve you for the rest of my life. That is a vow. Some of us need to make that kind of a vow today. One thing I wanted to note about a vow like that is it's easy to make a commitment or a vow when you're in hard times. It's hard to continue to fulfill a vow when you're in good times. We gotta stay consistent. Verse 13. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, oh God, in your life giving light. Now I can walk in his presence. Sometimes I think we confuse what the real win is in life. To escape from death, to escape pain, to escape heartache or hardship, those things aren't really the win. They're a byproduct of the win. The real win in life is to be walking in his presence. And then he takes care of all that stuff for you. Amen. Lindsay and I, over the past several weeks, have been in family counseling with our youngest son, Russell. Russ is... 11 years old, and he came to be with us in the foster care system when he was 13 months old. He'd been with us for 10 years. Pretty incredible. He's an incredible boy. But over the years, we've had to work through some hard things because Russ dealt with some trauma early on that many of us never have to deal with. We've been processing and processing. And we got to be a part of something called the Halo Project. Wanted to commit to that and grow in this season as a family. We go on Tuesday nights. We go to the adult class and learn how to become better parents, how to serve our child better. And then he goes to kids club and learns similar things so that we can all be growing and doing the same things. When we first started this counseling, it was really about Russ growing, to see Russell continue to develop as a boy. God's been showing me something different. He's been showing me that he wants Clint to grow. Things like realizing that I say no for no reason sometimes. And that sometimes I'm not present in the lives of my children because it's inconvenient for me. So, been trying to be more intentional. Just a few weeks back, I was hanging out with Russell, I was like, hey man, Let's go fishing, he loves to fish, it's his thing. Let's go down to the neighborhood pond, Russell. 
I want you to show me everything you know about fishing. You've been catching these catfish. I don't think I can catch these catfish. Will you show me? And we're walking down. He's excited, pumped up. We get there. He shows me how to rig everything up. And then he starts coaching these two little boys that are there at the dock with us. Uh, he's having a great time. Mom calls. Hey, mom, we're having a blast. Then all of a sudden we have a catfish on the line. We're reeling in, pull the catfish out. It's a beautiful moment. Can I show you a picture? Look at that. Now he's caught bigger catfish than this, but that smile on his face, that's what gets me. It's the smile for me. Because me being present and Russell being in my presence is changing him and it's changing me. And can I tell you, God is present in your life, I promise you that. And you being in his presence changes you. Would you stand to your feet with me? I wanna call for our prayer team. I don't know what you came in expecting today, but I know God wants to do something in your life. And I pray that you would be open to that in this moment. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We thank you that we can trust you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that we can call to your name, Lord. We thank you and praise you for the promises that you've made us and for giving us the written word of God, Lord. We praise you for the vows that we can commit to you, Lord, and that you will help us follow through, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for your presence, Lord God Almighty. Today, as we seek your face, Lord, I pray that you would hope in the hearts of your people. And if someone has a need, and they need to come to you, Lord Jesus, that they would be open to do that. In Christ's name we pray, amen.